This episode of the Talk Hard podcast is brought to you by Trailer Skips Tasmania and Full Bore Skip Bins. If you're doing a bit of work around the house and you've got large amounts of waste items from household waste, green waste, building or renovation waste or heavy waste items and your piles are becoming bigger than Ben-Hur, give Dern a call to organise your trailer skip or full bore skip bin today. Trailer skips use a unique design incorporating a skip bin built into a trailer for easy removal and tipping. Or if it's a normal skip bin you need, a full bore skip bin will be the one for you. You don't even have to pick it up or dump it yourself. Dern will deliver it for you and he'll take it away and dump it. How good's that? Give him a call today on 0409 801 635. Trailer skips and full bore skip bins. Don't go the half job, go the full bore. G'day, welcome back to the Talk Hard Podcast. Get ready for the ride, here we go. My name's Briley. My name's Jake. My name's Penny. And this is our father, Brendan Hinkson's podcast called the Talk Hard Podcast. Yes it is, it's not rocket science, read the title. Oh, thanks for that, Jake. We've got some great people lined up for you guys and we hope you enjoy. Our father will be blabbling a lot of shite, so if you do enjoy, leave a review. Like and subscribe. Grab your miso and enjoy the show. Thank you and enjoy. On this episode of the podcast, young up-and-coming football superstar and recent Devonport Premiership player, Bain and Lowe. Bainan joins the podcast to talk about his footy journey and the steps he's taking to fulfil his dream into playing AFL footy. We chat about his introduction to footy through his family's strong history, setbacks and learnings from his journey, the effects COVID's had on his progression as it's turned his plans on its head, and how he turned frustration with injury into an opportunity to study the game and make himself a better player. We also talk about being a young up-and-coming star against the big boys, that great day in 2021 when Devonport broke their premiership drought and what it meant to him, his family and the community as a whole. Bainan's open and honest about the setbacks and frustrations he's had in aspiring to get on an AFL list, but his attitude and outlook as a young man on what he needs to do to fulfil his dream is a lesson all of us can take on board. Thanks to everyone for their support and feedback on the pod. If you haven't done so already, make sure you like, subscribe, review, all that stuff. If you're on the podcast platforms, make sure that you do follow or subscribe because then you can get access to the episodes as soon as they drop. Now over to Bainan. A very special treat on the show for you today. It's an exciting time for this fella because he's um, he's achieved plenty already in his young footy career, and he's about to head off to South Australia to uh, to continue with his progression and his dream towards making it into AFL. He's um yeah he's also heading off in about a week's time, so uh, we were sort of a bit under the pump, so I had to get him in. But um, Bain and Lowe, welcome to the Talk Hard Podcast. No, thanks for having me. No worries, mate. So still getting over New Year's Eve? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Big night, but no, yeah. settled down nicely now. Well, it couldn't have been too bad because I saw you doing some extras yesterday down at Bayard Park, and I thought, well, he's either very, very committed or he's very, very tough to push through it. Because I thought your mates are probably sitting there nursing hangovers still. No, it was it was a struggle. No one hurt a little bit more than the rest of them do. So, yeah. <laughs> but you still backed up and did it though. That's right. Yep. Awesome. 
Um, mate, like I say to, to everyone that comes in, like we'll go through your story, um, you know, and, and, and some people might say that, you know, it's not going to be very long because you're not very old, but I know that you've already been through a few significant setbacks and things towards, you know, in working towards your dream. So I think it's a, it's, there's going to be some great lessons to come out of this chat, especially for, for young footballers on the northwest coast of, of the commitment and things that are required. So um, were you born in Devonport? Is that where it all started for you? Yeah, so I've been here my whole life. Um, and yeah, so I've been around the footy club for since I've been born, basically. Yep. So. Yep. The yep. old man's a bit of a local legend. By the sounds of it, that's what he tells me anyway. So, <laughs> so what was childhood like for you, mate? Was um footy sort of on the radar straight away? Was it something that you sort of took to naturally? Or yeah, it was always footy. Um, so going to trainings Tuesdays and Thursdays with dad, um, and then Saturdays as well. But I never played footy until under fourteens. Yep. Um. It was always soccer and basketball just because I was around football that much that kind of seemed a little pointless to go play Oz kick or something like that. So, so you um, just you weren't interested in it? Or? Oh, I was. I would have loved to have played Oz kick with my mates, but um, just because I was always around football and I, I'd play basketball of a Sunday as well, um, they just thought, it, or the family just thought it would be good to. Um, played a couple of other sports just because I was around football so much yeah um, there was probably no need to go play over Sunday as well so and yep. I was fine with that um, so you were just sort of just getting your footy fixed from just sort of kicking at half time uh, and after the game and yeah, that sort of thing where playing plenty of games at half times at the end of the game as well so yep um, yeah I was probably still having to kick more than most of the kids did that were playing Oz kick so yep um, yeah, it didn't worry me too much at all. Yep. So did you realise from an early age that you had a bit of a passion for footy or was it just something, just like all kids, you just like doing all different sports and it was something that you did? Or Yeah, I, it was all always footy, but um, I, I'm like most kids. I just love soccer, basketball, cricket, Yep. Um, whatever else it was. So, um, But yeah, just because Dad played and Keegan played and all my mates were playing football, it was always going to football in the end yeah so what age did you actually get into playing organized footy um so it was tryouts for the under 12 state team oh yeah so yep. you play then you might play a rep game which is the northwest first um the north and then that will like you'll get picked for that side which becomes the north and um you then play the south so i might have played two or three games before uh, eventually making the under 12 state team and yep yeah that's where it all so also, you played Auskick under 12s first? Um, no, so they do it through school. Oh, right. Uh, um, yep. And yeah, so I'm not really sure how they manage to find kids to be able to try out, but there's just a few trainings and eventually North West squad gets picked. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, then you start playing a couple of games and yeah. Yep. And so from there, so you actually made the, the state yeah, under 12, the under 12 state team. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool to just go and play some footy. I think I was more excited to be playing a game of football than um, the whole state team. So, yep. so where did you go and play? Um, Geelong. Oh right, oh. yeah. Geez, so. that's an eye opener for a young kid that age, it isn't was, it? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the I'm not sure what it's called. The opening carnival um, was at GHMBA Stadium. Yep. Um, so that that was pretty cool just to be able to see a ground like that to start with was yep. 
pretty impressive. So, and um, just talking to you beforehand, I know that obviously then you you progressed into you know your under fourteens and under sixteens and your natural progression there. But you had a bit of success early on, didn't you? You played in a few successful sides. How many flags did you win as as a junior? Um, yeah, so all the way through, it was first year under fourteen, second year under fourteens. Um, won it. We the side won again in um, the first year under 16s as well as second year under 16s so yep um, yeah the, we went through pretty dominant um, the whole time so yep yeah. yep so pretty strong from an early age and oh yeah it's sure. probably no fluke now that Devonport's starting to, to have that success because I've had those kids you know starting to come through but they, it hasn't always been that way has it they no, sort of no, had to no. go through a rebuild yeah that's it so um, and always the age group above for making grand finals as well so yep um, yeah, those those kids are now starting to play senior football as well, which um, shows we could probably have sustained success for a long period of time. So yeah, good. Yep, and they're sort of reaping the benefits now, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. Yep. So who who was in those teams with you that's now playing senior footy? Um, Fletcher and Oliver Kelly. Yep. Um, you had Blair Ryan that's moved away, but he was a part of that. Flynn Harris as well. Um, Lockie Cowan. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we've already got a few boys playing senior football Yep. from my age group, which is pretty impressive. So mm. And Lockie's doing well. I think he's just signed with the AIS Academy or something. Yeah, is that right? um, the National Academy for yep. his age group, which is, yeah. Awesome. Very happy for him. It's a good endorsement for the development programs That's at Devonport, right. isn't it? And with, with yourself, obviously. Um, so you also made the um, the under-16 um, stateside as well when you went to the national championships for that? Yeah. Yeah, tell us about that experience. Um, yeah, that was unreal. It was a little bit different because um, the under-12s was a carnival where this one you went away and played um, Northern Territory and then come back home. Um, and then we went away for a week um, in Queensland and played two more games over there, which was just unbelievable. It was so enjoyable. Yep, um, be hot. Oh, it was hot for someone <laughs> like me. Pack the sunscreen. I did, for sure. <laughs> um, plenty of water, but yeah, it was... It was unreal. That was more of an enjoyable sort of carnival. Um, just become close mates with all your, all your teammates. So yep. Um, that's that's one I'll never forget. Did you end up playing any games in Tassie as part of that carnival, or was it more? Um, no, that was all based in on the mainland. Yeah, right. I suppose it sort of prepares you hopefully for later on down the track too, as for an AFL career because you're on planes and forever in and yeah, out of different states it. and stuff. So yeah. so rather than actually playing the whole thing together in one condensed time, it was spread out over a, sort of a few weeks or something. Wasn't yeah, it, so it was it maybe three weeks, I'd say. Yeah. Um, that would have been about the time frame between the first and last game. So yep. Um, and it's just training as well. So you've got to go to Campbelltown and have a couple of sessions and yep. Um, so yeah, there's a fair bit of travel involved, but it, you're fine once you're with all your teammates because it's just enjoyable. Yep. And you found that you bonded with them over yeah. that time. Yeah. For sure. Yep. So obviously you had had a bit of success and um, you know started to stand out a bit at at an early age. What um did you was it at that sort of time that you sort of started to think, well, I want to make a career out of this and this is what I want to do. Do you remember the moment when that sort of happened? Um, yeah, that would have been that under sixteens carnival. Um, I was lucky enough to be named Tassie's MVP. Yep. Um, Playing the midfield. Midfield, yeah. Yep. So. Um, that was a bit of an eye opener that uh, it could possibly happen for me, um, but yeah, I was lucky that I did play a couple of good games. So um, yeah, it was just more about okay, this could be an opportunity. So it was an eye opener to say, oh look, if I actually 
have a crack with it, then it could happen. Yep. Um, but yeah, there was, I, I never thought I would make it. It was just um, after that carnival, it become realistic that um, it could be a chance. So um, yeah, I just had to have a crack for the next few years and yeah. Yep. It just gave you that self-belief, didn't oh, it? Yeah. Yep. And like I'd had a year before that where um, probably wasn't my greatest year through injury. Um, so I was a little bit worried, but that year I put on a little bit of size, lucky enough. Um, and yeah, so I, I felt comfortable um, with what I was doing. Um, so yeah, once that happened, I was, I was quite comfortable. And um, when it come to the 16s carnival and being named um, MVP, it, it yeah it gave me a bit of hope that it could happen. Yeah, awesome. And do you remember sort of at that early age what sort of lessons you took out of um, going away with those teams and things like that? Were there certain things that you thought, right, well, if I want to progress, this is what I'm going to have to do? Were there sort of learnings that you took out of it as well and playing against better competition as well? Yeah, they were always bigger than me and most of the Tassie boys. Um, so I knew I had to get a lot bigger and faster and stuff like that, but um, it was more probably the outside of the footy stuff so um you always have staff around you so they'll teaching you how to eat um recover which is something i probably haven't done as well as i should have so um to get a good understanding of what it's like your recovery methods that you have to do um yeah, that, that's been able to help me a little bit. Yeah, because I suppose, you know, in racing terms, like your body's your vehicle, isn't it? That's so you've right. got to, you know, perform maintenance on it and make sure. sure that it's at 100%, don't you? Yeah. Were um, at those under-16 carnivals and things, were there recruiters about or was there people that sort of were chatting to you or anything like that giving you any AFL-type indications? Or? Um, there was recruiters about, but I'm not sure if they're allowed to come up and speak to you at that okay. stage. Um, they didn't for me, that's for sure, but... Um, yeah, there was definitely about, and you don't know they're there, um, but yeah, for sure they're they're definitely there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're not really worried about them at that stage. It's just more going out and trying to play some good football, trying to play your best. Yeah. Um, now you spoke about there before how you had injuries. Was that 2018? You had a bit of a knee injury. Was that right? Yeah. Was that around? Is that the one that you're talking yeah. about the year before? Yeah. So yeah. that year. Um, so how did that come about? Just tweaked it playing? Or? Um, I tore my meniscus round one. Right. And yeah, so. And that um, was playing under 16s. Under Devonport. 16s at Devonport. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I played. I had a week or two off just because I assumed it was just a little niggle um, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I still just could struggle to run on it. Um, and it was in a bit of pain, but and we went to the physio and they just said, yeah, have another week or two off and just see what happens. Yep. Um, so I played maybe one or two games again um, and tried out for the under-15 state team. And yeah, so I played those rep games and I just could not run properly. I was just in pain. I couldn't kick over 20 metres. Wow. Um, yeah. And yeah, eventually we went back to the physio and um, yeah, we went and got scans and yeah, realised that there was a, um, a torn meniscus, which um, yeah, it was a tough pill to swallow. Yep. And the meniscus is like the padding, isn't it, between yeah. the, the, the knee, the bones? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, right. So yep. um, it, it wasn't great. Um, and then I had to choose between having surgery straight away or... Um, because at that stage I had made the under-15 state team. Yep. And so you'd still made it even I, though you yeah. were injured. Right. 
Um, and I'd imagine at that stage you weren't stringing a lot of games together. So did you just get invited based on your previous performances? Yeah, or something were, like that? Or? Um, the tryouts again. So yep. through club footy. Yep. Um, and yeah, so they picked you to try out and I tried out and played a few games. Um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to make it again. Um, but you were in a bit of pain. Oh Yeah, I was. And I had to let Dad make the decision to go have surgery and not worry about the 15-state team. Yeah. Um, just for well, looking at it now, it was the best thing that yep. could have happened for me. So yep. um, So you might have done some sort of permanent damage if yeah, you still tried I'd, to play. We probably wouldn't have been able to fix it yep. um, if I was to continue to play. So was, um, it, was it hard for your dad to make that decision? Was it sort of a bit of back and forth or was it a pretty simple decision? Um, it all happened really quickly. So um, we went to the surgeon and um, he just said, look, I can probably get you in in a couple of days. Or um, if you want to play the state team, there's a fair chance we can't can't do the surgery. Yep. Um, so yeah, Dad, they asked if I wanted to make the decision, but I couldn't. Yep. Um, so Dad was quick to just say, "Nah, we're happy to have the surgery now." Yep. Um, and yeah, for sure, it was the right decision. Yep. Yeah. You say it was the right decision. Looking back at the time, though, if you had to make the decision, what do you reckon you would have done? I probably would have played the 15 state team. Um, As most young yeah, boys would. Yeah. Straff her up and pretty much. I jab you up and away you go. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I didn't realise if it, how much damage could have happened from it. Yep. Um, and yeah, I wanted to play the 15 state team because I enjoyed the under 12 state team so much. So um, yeah, I probably probably would have played the 15 state team, but I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. And you don't have any sort of lingering effects from it now? It's... No, that's fine. Yep. Touch wood, so... Yep. And so, but that was the rest of that year gone, was it? Just yeah, to... so once that happened, um, I, I don't think I could start running until January the next year. Yep. Um, so you shortened up your pre-season for the next year then? Yeah. Yep. yep. Did you feel that, like in your fitness and that sort of thing? Did you um, sort of struggle a bit the next year? Or? Uh, no, I... It's weird because I felt really good. Um, I was able to get in the gym a bit more, and for someone like me, I'm not real tall, so to be able to get a little bit of size and muscle um, was super handy, and just picking up on little things. Like I'd stand in different spots just because I was able to watch so much football um, that year. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I was picking up on little things that I didn't realise I was doing. Um, so, yeah, um, looking back now, having that year off, was perfect for me. Yep. So you sort of became a bit of a student of the game in that time. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I didn't realise <clears> it. I was just playing football and, oh, at that stage I was watching, but um, when I come back to training, I, I picked up on little things that I didn't realise I was even doing. Yep. Um, so, and that was just from watching the seniors, was it? Oh, seniors, um, AFL. Yep. Just all, all types of footy, really. Yep. So what sort of things, like with your positioning, what did you change? Do you remember what? Um, just places where to receive the ball, um, whether that be in play where it's out out in the open or around stoppages um, to just get a little handball or something like that. Yep. Um, so were you finding that you were actually trying to go in and win the ball yourself rather than being the receiver? Or? Yeah, well, I, I'd always been like that. Um, but being the receiver, um, I was in spots and just my body use as well. Um, so I'd get in front of um, the player so then I could receive it a little bit easier or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was just little things that I slowly realised was happening. But mm. um, yeah, 
all the little intricacies of footy. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then on to 2019, that's when you started um, playing with the Devils. Was it a couple of games that you got in that year as a 16-year-old? Yeah, so towards the back end of the NAB League season, they gave me a couple of games just for experience onto yep. the next year. So this was your year coming off your knee injury, your first yeah. year back. Yep. 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 So you put on a bit of size, you could sort of mix it with the bigger bodies yeah. a bit better. Yeah. Yep. And how did you find that as a 16-year-old? Obviously, you're one of the youngest running around out there. Um, oh, I was unreal. It was pretty cool. Um, my first game, I lined up on Oliver Henry, who's now at Collingwood. Yep. Um, so to be able to just look at someone like him and go, oh, I've played on him. Um, and it just shows where you need to be to get to that sort of level. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was a huge experience for me. Yep. Um, where did they play you? Uh, Ford, yep. just as a small Ford. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, I would have liked to have played some midfield minutes, but I still probably wasn't big enough at that stage, and there's better players than me um, going through there at the time. So, And that was something I had to learn, to play a small forward role. So, yep. um, yeah, it was a great experience for me. Yep. So you found, though, that the, the boys were sort of bigger and faster, gave you a bit of an indication of yeah. where you needed to get to? Uh, yeah. They At the time, it seemed like they were AFL bodies already. Yep. Um, a few of those Victorian sides. So, um, yeah, to be able to get an understanding of how quick, how big, how strong you need to be, um, yep. yeah, that was huge for me. Yep. So was it a goal then at that stage to get back and make sure that you played the next season as in the Devils? Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I knew that I probably wouldn't have played too many club games, um, so the focus was that, uh, to be on Devils. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get get any games away, so that that was a little disappointing. Yeah, um, yeah. we'll talk about that in a second. The 20, 2020 year was pretty much wiped out, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in that 2019, you also made your senior debut for Devonport, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, what, how did that feel for you? Obviously, growing up following Devonport and watching your dad play and things like that, did you get a bit of a buzz out of that? Yeah, that's still probably my greatest football memory. Yeah. Um, just because I've been watching the Devonport seniors for so long now. Yeah. Um, so to finally be able to play and um, it was just, yeah, it was so special for me. Yep. Um, and yeah. It was, yeah, for sure, one of my greatest football memories. Yep. Big moment for the family too, did they? Yeah. Yeah, they they don't say too much, but I think they were pretty excited for me and happy, so... Yeah. Um, and you yeah. got your dad's number too, I, I noticed. I, yeah. Was I that do. something from the start that was always going to happen? Um, no. Oh, well, I eventually thought I might end up with the number two, but um, my first three or four games, I was wearing all different sort of numbers, yep. so... Um, which the smallest jumper out there, maybe. Pretty much, yeah. They probably had to go get a small number two for me. <laughs> no, you wear it well now, mate. I'm sure he's very proud of you. Um, obviously, coming into the Devonport side, you know, you would have had a few raps and that on you. Did you get any extra attention from the opposition or anything like that, Bernie, young fella, or did they try to rough you up at all? Or? Uh, some teams might. Um, and there's others that uh, probably just look, oh, he's a young kid. Um, but, yeah... There was some times where they might be physical with me, but if you, I just look at it, at it as if you're playing senior football, you're no different to anyone else. It doesn't Fair matter game. how yeah, yep. Doesn't matter how young you are or how small you are. If you want to play senior football, that's how you've just got to get used to it. Yep. Um. So yeah, that didn't bother me yep. at all. And that was your first experience playing against men. 
Yeah. You obviously fit in pretty well because you ended up uh, making it into the grand final side that year, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. How did that feel playing in a grand final? Probably been your biggest game of your career yeah, today. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was pretty excited, pretty nervous. Um, and just to know how much it would have meant to everyone if we were to get up that day. Yep. Um, and it yeah. was quite a close game, wasn't it? It was. We They got the jump early and we were just trying to fight back. And in the last quarter, we managed to kick a few goals and they got real close towards the end. Um, most people reckon that if there was another five minutes, we might have got on top. but. Yep. Because it was um, nine points to Bernie, nine wasn't it? Nine points, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I believe that if there was a little bit longer left, we would have ended up winning. Yeah. Um, which probably made it hurt just that little bit more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. How did you um, assess your own performance in that game as a young fella? Uh, I would have liked to have played better. Yeah. I, I didn't get it as much as the footy as I would have liked, but um, towards the end of the game, once the team started playing all right, I found... Um, that I started to find the footy a little bit more and kick a couple of goals. So um, I wasn't too concerned at looking at my own performance, especially once we'd lost or anything. It was just a grand final, so it's yep. the end result that matters. Where did you line up in that game? Where did they play? Um, half forward. Yep, yep. And that's where you played, I think, the year just gone, didn't you? About yeah, half, half forward, bit yep. of midfield. Bit, bit of time. Yeah. Yep. Um, so obviously, then on to the the twenty twenty season. Um, I'm assuming this was probably one of the the harder years of your footy career because, firstly, COVID struck, which which wiped out, I suppose, the the pinnacle of what you wanted to do, the Devils program. So you couldn't actually play there. So, um, do you want to talk people through that time in your decision making and where you ultimately went and played your footy that year? Yeah. So with COVID um, happening and the NAB League being cancelled, it was more around where was the best place for me to be able to um, get on recruiters. Um, radars. Yeah, radars. So, yep. um, yeah, the opportunity come to be able to go to North Lonnie um, and play some footy there. So that was pretty huge for me, um, especially a club that's so successful as they are. Yep. Um, Did you have any contacts there or any... Um communications with them previously or? um no not really so Bo Sharman was one that's done a lot of work with me um and he'd played um there a couple of years prior to that yep. so um he organized that and he did say it's a great op- opportunity for you to um go and do that um and discussions with dad as well he agreed that uh, it would be a good experience for me yep. um so yeah got in contact with the coach, which was Taylor Whitford at the at the time, and yeah, he he was more than happy for me to come over and um, gave me plenty of time to be able to learn, and um, he helped me a lot. So, so you were seventeen at this stage, yeah. is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, what was your expectation going there? Were you initially going there to play under 18s to start off with, or did they think um, that you you'd slot into the senior side? Or it was a tough one because I actually went two weeks before the season started. Right. So um, they not really so, had a good look at yeah. it. It was tough to be able to play senior football round one. Um, so I started in the development league, yep. which is basically the reserves. And, yeah, within two or three games, um, yeah, I was able to make my way into the senior side, which was yeah, exciting. Yep. And so, obviously, the, the Devils program was cancelled. How did you feel when you found out about that? And, and obviously, you, you fixed your mindset pretty quickly to North Lonnie, but did you feel... 
like that might have set you back a little bit in your path or in your journey or how did you how did you deal with that yeah i was pretty flattening yeah do a big pre-season especially with the devils and um for all of that kind of felt like it was for no reason yep um and yeah it's all about gaining a bit of exposure and the nab league's the best way to do that so yep um to still be a year out from my draft year uh, it wasn't the end of the world but if you were to have a good year through that yeah well, your second year before you get um head into your draft year it would have been massive yep um but yeah it wasn't the end of the world because i still had the next year to be able to um, play good football but yeah it could have went a long way for sure yep so your mindset obviously then was just go back to north lonnie and play your best footy that you can and just sort of keep yourself on people's radars yeah yep um and I, I was quite excited because with being or the year before um it was a mix of devonport and devils yep um so to be able to go to north lonnie and just focus on um being at one club um yeah that was exciting for me so yep um yeah which turned out to be a great year yep excellent so obviously you made the grand final that year but how did you assess the competition so that was a step up again from playing senior footy at devonport for yeah um it was it was a big step up um uh, even the pace um the bodies um all that sort of thing was just another step up and um there's some really good players in that competition so to be able to go go against someone like kieran lovell um and even watch guys like Brad Cox Goodyear as well. Um, it was a huge eye-opener for me. Yep. Because um, they're just great, some very good players. So, um, yeah, to learn from guys like that was huge. Yep. Bernie Youngfella, did anyone sort of take you under their wing at all? Um, yeah, it would have been Brad, yep. guys like that. Taylor was massive for me. Um, he gave me a lot of feedback and was able to help me where he can. So um, those were two guys that did a lot for me. Um Sharon Egger as well, he he was from Devonport and um, moved to North Lonnie once Devonport folded out of the TSL. Um, he played a similar role to me, so he was able to help me understand that role. And, yep. Um, yeah, he was he was pretty big for me early on. Yep. And like we said, you ended up making the grand final, um, and I've, I've watched that back on YouTube, and it, the first thing that stood out to me is watching you is you didn't look out of place at all, and I specifically watched it to watch you because I don't really sort of follow North Lawn system, but I wanted to see how you went in that game. And, yeah, just, you know, physically, you just you just had a hell of a crack. And I think you actually got named in the best players on the day, is yeah. that right? Yep, so yeah. you didn't feel out of place at all or overawed by it at all? No, it's just, um, especially... A game like that, um, it's just trying to win the footy as much as you can. Uh, it was a wet day, so I was just getting it on the boot and gaining a bit of territory. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I love those sort of games where it's hard. Um, even the ones where there's not many goals kicked, it's just a bit of a battle. So just a slog. Um, that's right. So, um, yeah, it was a tough day for sure yep. as well. Yep. So on to 2021, so you came back to Devonport. Was it a consideration to stay at North Lonnie or what, what was the decision about coming back to Devonport? Obviously the Devils program was going to kick away again. Yeah. What um, what was that off-season like for you? Um, yeah, uh, after the season finished at North Lonnie, I always thought I'd be back at um, North Lonnie. Yep. Um, but once COVID kind of settled down a little bit, it just kind of seemed like, um, I wouldn't be playing many club games as it was, so to be able to get back to Devonport was um, on my mind a fair bit. 
Yeah. Um, so you're still living in Devonport when you're yeah. playing at Northland. So yeah. there's a lot of travel involved. Yeah. Yep. And that's it. So it would have been a fair bit of travel to play two or three games, which um, it was meant to be. Um, so yeah, to go back to Devonport, it was just because oh, I might be able to play finals there. Um, because most of the year was surrounded by um, Devils football. Um, but yeah, obviously that didn't happen. It was kind of a 50-50 split. Yep. Um, looking back on it now, I probably would have stayed at North One if um, I realised that's what would have happened. Yep. But yeah, I, it was a, looking back, it was probably a great decision to be at Devonport. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to play in you know that groundbreaking, I suppose, yep. premiership, which we'll talk about in a second. But did you find um, coming back to Devonport and obviously having that experience at North Lonnie, how did you find um, playing for Devonport as opposed to playing as a 16-year-old? Did you find that you'd sort of adapted a bit better to the pace and felt like you belonged a little bit more? Um, early on, it was nearly the opposite. Going up from a level and probably coming down a step, um, I struggled to find the footy and getting great positions for NWFL football. Right. Um, but, yeah, after a couple of games, I was able to settle and, yeah... Um, being a little bit bigger again, a little smarter. Yep. Um, so yeah. just explain to us what, what the difference is, because I would have thought it would be the opposite. So what, what what's the difference in the in the style of play? Um, it's not as fast and skillful. Um, so to be able to get out in, into space, at NWFL level, guys might look to just get it on the boot and kick it forward. Yep. Um, where at TSL level and even NAB League, guys have a bit of a look before... Um, using the footy, um, and yeah, it's just all about a little bit, of, a little bit more time and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and it's a lot more contested at NWFL level. Yep. So there's blokes just throwing themselves at the footy, which is great. Um, but yeah, at TSL, there it's a little bit more balanced. Yep. Um, so there's only so many blokes that are going and getting the ball, and other blokes' roles yeah, to stay on the outside. It. Yep. So. So you found at NWFL you were sort of running a bit ahead of the ball get to get the handball, yeah. but it wasn't happening, so you um, had to find you to oh, go yeah, yeah, that's basically it. So um, especially at TSL level, I was probably get given the footy. Yep. Where at NWFL level, you've nearly got to go in and win win the footy for yourself. So yep. uh, that was something I needed to change, um, which, yeah, was fine within a couple of weeks. Yep. Excellent. And as I say, obviously you had a hell of a year in 2021, which, which culminated in the 2021 Premiership. Tell us about the grand final and the lead-up to it. Obviously, any time Devonport's in a grand final, I'd imagine there would be a little bit of pressure just because of the, the history and they've made so many over the last few years and just not quite been able to get there. What, what was the week like leading up to it? Um, yeah, uh, it was the same as every grand final. Like you're just excited to get out there and play. Yep. Um, I personally found a little bit more pressure with a lot of talk around this could be our third loss in a row and yep. um, 33 years. Um, so, yeah, there was a little bit more to it, but you kind of not worry about that sort of thing. It was yep. a different side, so we weren't playing Bernie again this year. Um, so, yeah, we played each other a few times during the year, so it was nearly a 50-50 um, game to see who could win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, throughout the week it was just excited and everyone was keen to just get out there and go and play. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously it was a it was a hell of a slog of a game. You know, the weather was terrible and then the sun had come out and then it had bucket down with rain. I'd imagine you would have loved those conditions. You yeah, played. it was good to play in. Um, obviously you'd like a perfect day, but that doesn't always happen. Yep. So 
Um, what, what conditions do you feel that you play better in? Uh, it's hard to say. In the dry, you can use your skills a lot more. Yep. Um, but I nearly find it a little bit easier to be clean in the wet just because it'll skid on yep. nicely. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say in the dry. And so what was what was your personal preparation going into that game? Did you do anything different or just went through your normal routine? Or Yeah, I'm someone that tries to keep everything the same. Yep. So um, just because it's grand final, I don't think there's any need to change anything. Yep. And um, do you have any sort of superstitions or anything like that going into games? Do you wear like the same socks or boots or jocks or anything like that? Or um, I'm probably the last one to put my Guernsey on. Yep. Uh, that's one that I've always done. I usually like to run out last, but... Um, Oliver Kelly seemed to take that over from me while, while I was gone. So <laughs> pushing each other out the door. Yeah, uh, so I let him have that one. But yep. um, yeah, it's probably just the Guernsey is the main one. Yep. Um, but yeah, nothing too silly. Yep. And what was the message from the coaching staff leading into the game? Do you remember? Um, oh, nothing different really. It was just play our own game. Because um, if we play well, we we feel like we can beat anyone. So yep. Um, we just worry about what we can control and, um, yeah, just make sure we play a four quarters worth of footy. Yep, which you needed to do because it came down to the absolute last right. minute. And yeah. it's funny you say about that Bernie game, another five minutes in this game would have been quite that, interesting right. as well. So that's exactly it. Penguin were coming home with a wet sail, literally. And so what was your role on the day? So you started half forward again, played a little bit of midfield as well? Yeah, yep. so... Uh, it would have just been how I usually play, a um, bit of half forward, deep forward, and then push up into the midfield. Um, but yeah, we were happy with how the mids were going in the midfield, so there was no need for me to go up in there, especially yep. just another option being forward as well. So yep. um, we were quite happy with how I was going, playing forward, so I stayed there for uh, most of the game, really. Yep. Um, and you made an impact up forward. Like a couple of things that stood out, you know, just from watching the game. You kicked a beautiful goal, snapped from about forty-five meters, and then there was another one where you hit China on your left foot um, in the wet, which was pretty impressive. So obviously, yeah, you made an impact up forward. So I'd imagine they would have been pretty hesitant to move you out of there because you were pretty clean with the ball when it actually came down there. Yeah, and that's one thing I try and be just clean and use the footy well. So yep, um, I don't really mind where I play, just as long as I can. Um, yeah, that's what grand finals are. I'm not too concerned with how I play. Yep. Um, especially this year, it was just about making sure we got over the line. Mm. And how did you feel in that last quarter when Penguins started coming? Uh, it was probably the worst 20 minutes of my life, yep. if I'm honest. I just felt sick. Yep. Um, did you have much of it in the last quarter? I think everyone just went into a mad panic. It's yeah, a bit of a blur. I, but... I don't remember getting much of the footy in the last, especially being forward. We didn't really get it up there much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no... With about 10 minutes, I thought we'd lost it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an awful feeling, but it just probably made it that little bit better once the siren did go. Yep. Do you remember what you did? Did you carry on like a chook with his head cut off? Um, no, nah, I didn't. I, I found Quade Bayard, um, which is probably the one guy you want to see when the siren goes. <laughs> um, and yeah, just hugged it out like I think everyone did and... Uh, it's just a huge relief because they were kicking it inside 50 again. Mm. Um, yeah. The back line stood up, though, in that last oh, 10 minutes. Were massive. They, were huge, they definitely they? won us the game. So um, it, that's probably our experience down there as well. So, um, yeah, they stood up very well, um, which, which which was huge for us. Mm, absolutely. 
And obviously, again, you know, you, you broke that drought. Going back to the club that night and talking to the supporters and the people that had been there, what, what did it mean to the club? Could you actually feel the weight that had been lifted off and what it actually meant to the club and the community? Oh, it was massive. Um, we walked in as a senior group and the club was packed. I've never seen so many people in there before. So, um, yeah, and you see guys like Ted Smith... Um, and heaps of other people that have been around the club for so long, um, they're in tears and, yeah, it nearly makes me emotional thinking about it just because it means so much to everyone else as much as it does to the team. Yep. And I found that in 2019 that um, if we were to win, like, it, like even though we lost, it still meant um, so much to people that we made the grand final and to see them hurting just as much as you were. Um, just shows that it's a lot more than just the team, yep. especially juniors. You're playing, um, the parents are happy for you when the club is, but it's a lot more of a team um, game where once you start playing senior football, it's all about the club and everyone else that helps out. So. Yep, buying into that club as a whole. That's right. Yeah. Um, what about your dad? Did he play in grand finals? I'm assuming that he, he did. played in a couple of losing ones. How did he react after the game? Um yeah, I, I saw him and I think he had tears in his eyes. He won't like to admit that. but <laughs> Bit of dust floating yeah, there. Um, yeah, he, he kind of kept a little bit quiet just because it was as big a, of a deal for him than it was um, the rest of us. Same as my brother as well. So it yep. was more of a family thing as, that was just huge for us. Um, but yeah, dad, dad was over the moon. Yep. And you mentioned your brother. He played a hell of a game before the grand final and unfortunately just weren't weren't able to, to get across the line. How, how was he immediately after the game? Because I could tell that he was devastated in their game, which rightfully so because, you know, he busted his ass. But how was he when you won? He was, I think he was probably the first bloke on the ground yep. um, to get around the seniors. Um, but, yeah, once the excitement kind of calmed down, he was, he was pretty upset, which um, which he, well, he deserves to be. Um so and it was the same as a few of the other guys that were in the twos and believed they should have been playing senior football as well. So yep. um, he wasn't the only one. Um, so they were able to stick together. But um, like, I believe it's probably the best thing for him. Yeah. Um, he'll he'll bounce back better. And I think um, he started running pretty much the day after. I yeah. see him pretty much every day. <laughs> yeah. Run, so. No, it's huge for him. So yep. um, he won't miss out much more. I wouldn't have thought so. Yep. He'll get the ne- the next step. Um, so your year, so you finished runner-up in the best and fairest for Devonport yep. last year. Yep. So how did you rate your year? Um, yeah, quite well. Um, it was a funny one just because I probably didn't play too many games at Devonport. Um, but to be able to come back and still play some pretty good football, um, it helped we were a good side. So playing in the forward line, you get used a fair bit. Um but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was probably the most enjoyable year I've had yep. playing footy. So um, yeah, to be back at Devonport, it was it was unreal. Excellent. And obviously, you know, kept off the best way possible. What were the celebrations like? Did they go on for very long? Or? Um, I could hear you down the road anyway yeah, for a couple of days. The boys were pretty <laughs> excited. Um, I think they went through until about Monday or Tuesday. Yep. Um, but for me, I, I had to stop pretty early just because we had another Devils game the week after. So yep. Um, I didn't miss out on anything. I was still around them. Just probably wasn't drinking as much as the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it was unreal. It was the best few days I've ever had. Yeah. 
thought, yeah, it was crazy, awesome. And you touched on it there, so we, we haven't spoken about that, but obviously that year as well you were playing Devils and, and you've had, you had a hell of a year. You were named vice-captain of the side. Was it seven games that you played through the year? Yeah, I'd, I'd, just, I'd be around that. Yeah, yeah and, and I think you averaged 25 disposals, round 10 player of the week with 35 disposals as well. So yeah, you did, you had a hell of a year yourself. How did you find that, again, after... Having that year off from Devils, unfortunately you didn't plan it that way, but then from being a 16-year-old, having a year off and then coming back, how did you find your year with the Devils? Um, yeah, it was enjoyable as well. Um, my age group's pretty close with each other through the Devils, so yep. um, it's enjoyable to hang out with guys like that who are all chasing the same thing you are. Yeah, um, so it was good to see them all, that all been oh, through the same yeah, thing as you. that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but with having the year off, it didn't matter much at all just because everyone was in the same boat. Um, we were lucky that we'd played footy that year where the Victorians weren't able to play footy at all, so right. they had the full year off. So yep. um, it probably did help us a little bit. We were playing some really good footy with the Devils, and I think we only lost two games, two or three. So, um, yeah, who knows what could have happened with the Devils. But, yeah, we had a pretty good side. Yeah. And so tell us about the experience of in playing for Tassie and what sort of commitments involved in that. I know that I must have read somewhere that it, you did struggle a little bit sometimes last year, not knowing whether you'd be playing for the Devils or, or Devonport. So what was the year like as a whole? It was pretty strange. It was very interesting. Um, you're still training with the Devils of a Monday, Wednesday. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't know until probably the Thursday if you were games were going to go ahead or not yep um but yeah i was always worrying about devils throughout the week but you're still training with your club as well yep um so yeah it didn't worry me too much it was just uh, i'm someone that likes to know what's going to happen and where i'm going to go throughout the week um so yeah not to know until the thursday was um, a little bit of a struggle, but everyone was in the same boat, so it, yep. it didn't matter much yep. at all. Okay. And as I say, I've spoken about the year that you had. You had quite an impressive year, and obviously AFL was the dream. So leading up to that, um, they had the 2021 draft combine, and you didn't get an invite to that, did you? Did you no, expect to get an invite to it? Or? Um, yeah, I, I thought I might have done, um, just with what I'd heard and the feedback I'd had. Um, from some clubs, I thought it might have been a chance, but... Um, so is it the clubs that dictates who gets invited to those combines? I think so. I think it's... Yeah. Um, they might put a couple of names forward and it's all about how many votes or how whatever it is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we had three or four guys be invited, but eventually um, a couple of guys got added to it. Yep. Um, which I was lucky enough to eventually go and be able to do it. So yep. so how did that work? So who decided to, to add you to the list? How did that um, I'm not sure um, who it was, but I got a call from Matthew Armstrong to just say, look, um, you've been invited. Um, so I only had a week to prepare for it. Yep. But, um, so you'd sort of resigned yourself to the fact that you weren't going to participate in it? Oh, yeah, the season was done, so I just didn't expect much more. Um, yep. How did it feel, mate, when you found out that you you weren't going to get invited to it? Because obviously you were waiting for that call. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed. It was the same with um, playing Allies as well. I didn't get um, invited to try out for that either. So uh, there was a couple of setbacks and I was disappointed. But um, I'm someone that thinks it's just about the football you play. I'm not too concerned on 
um, what I've missed out on, especially with the draft combine. That's a lot to do with um, the attributes, like your jumping, your running and all that. So I'm more someone that wants to worry about just playing football. Yep. Um, you think if you let your footy do the talk, yeah, eventually you're going to get on the right. radar. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was upsetting, but I'm someone that's pretty quick to move on. Yep. So then, to for then for it to flip around and then get the invite, how did that feel for you? Was that like right? I've got to make the most of this. Or? Yeah, um, I was excited. Like it's probably the most excited I've been to do a two k. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was over the moon to be able to go and do it just because I um, believed I should have been there. Yep. Um, so yeah, once I was invited, it was just more just worry about getting ready to be able to. Um, run fast and be able to jump high and whatever else. So. Yep. And what was the experience like? Like you hear stories about blokes, you know, doing beep tests and spewing their guts up and pushing themselves to the absolute limit. Like yep. what was the day actually like for you? Um, it was a little different. The draft combine usually is you all, like everyone from around Australia goes and yeah. does it together. Yep. Um, with COVID, it's not that way anymore. So it was just five or six of us doing it, uh, yeah, together. Um, but it was still hard, like, you're trying to push yourself and mm. um, get the best time you can, so, um, yeah, it, it was a good day, good experience, and that's what I've taken the most out of it. Yep, yep, a few learnings and things. Were there AFL recruiters there looking, or? Um, no, there they wasn't. they just get sent the data? Um, they get sent the data, there's someone videoing the whole whole thing, so. Yep. Um, they're basically there without being there. Yep. So one thing I was going to ask is, through the last 12 months or so, have you had contact with any AFL clubs or have there been inklings that any of them had had, had been interested in you? Or um, Yeah, so I've got a manager and they um, the clubs go through them. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it was a difficult year just because there was so much stop starting. Yep. Um, so to be able to get some feedback from clubs makes it hard because you're playing one or two games um, and then you're stopping for maybe a month. So uh, to be able to get some feedback and to be able to go and work on what they want you to, yep. um, it makes it difficult. But, um, yeah, there was a few meetings with the club. Um, yep. and so you just sort of spoke to them over Zoom or something? Yeah, we had a Zoom call. and yep. Yeah, so that was good, just um, checking in a small character. Um, just a character check and see yep. if you're a good person and whatever else. So, yep. um, yeah, that was exciting and a good experience to be able to be a part of that. Yep. Um, but, yeah, just with the year being such a strange one, it was hard to get some real good feedback. Mm. How did it feel again, though, as a young bloke where AFL is your dream for a team to show interest? Pretty exciting. It kind of gives you a little bit more confidence that um, that can happen. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was, um, such a great experience. I was really happy that they showed a bit of interest and, um, yeah, I'm so grateful that they did that for me. Yep. And is it just the recruiting team that you speak to or the coaches? Nah, just the recruiting team. So they take care of all of that. Yep. Excellent. Um, and so 2021 draft, did you still watch it? Did you still, was there still any inkling that there might have been like a last minute Hail Mary for you or anything like that? How did that night feel for you? Um, so it's over two nights. Um, I watched the first night pretty closely, just see where the top players go. Yep. And uh, I was lucky enough to play against a couple of them. So yep. just to see where they went and how high they went, yep. um, it was pretty cool to watch. But um, the next day I was going to Queensland that night. 
So I had it up on my phone and just to see where if not, a couple of other Tassie boys might have got picked up. Um, but yeah, I probably didn't watch too much of it uh, towards the end where um, a couple of clubs that I knew might have been quite interested. Um, I started to watch towards the end. Um, but yeah, the club that I thought I might have went to had their pick just as we were taken off. Yep. Um, so once I saw that that didn't happen, I was quick to turn it off and yeah... It was quite upsetting, but um, I knew I, I had a backup plan, so yep. I was quick to move onto that. Yep. So you hadn't had any indications leading into the draft that you might have been picked up, or you hadn't definitively put a line through yourself and thought, no, nobody's going to... Nah, so um, there was still a slight chance. Um, it's just where everyone falls, and if, say, a club um, has some players they want to go after, if they're all picked up, then... Um, there's a fair chance you can get picked, but yep. um, especially with such a low number of people being able to get picked up now, um, makes it a little bit harder. But um, yeah, I definitely put didn't put a line through it, but yep. I knew that it wasn't likely. Yep, yep. Um, so you say about being a student of the game and getting feedback and things like that. Do, have you did you get any feedback from any of the clubs or from anyone um, in higher positions as to why you weren't picked up and what you do need to work on? Did you? Get any um, yeah. So I had a chat to a few people and um, it wasn't. It was just more um, being unable to show um, consistent football just through the devils yep so, so it was more a circumstantial type yeah thing. Okay. It, it was a little bit hard so with only playing seven games at a real high level yeah um people the same as a lot of people but um yeah it was just hard to know if um if i can keep that up or whether or not they'd seen a, a few other players play more than i had so they were comfortable picking yep. those players up so the league, like the TAC Cup, or it was, I don't know, it's still called the TAC Cup in Victoria. That still runs like a full season, does it? They don't yeah. play like a couple of games um, like you guys so, do. Well, that's the NAB League. NAB League, that's um, right, sorry. So we're a part of that. So for the the Victorians, they play as much as we do. Yep. Um, they might go back to their their own clubs or ha- however they do it over there. But um, yeah, um, like clubs like uh, the Sydney teams and... The Western Australian, South Australian teams, they just play club footy. Yep. So, um, yeah, they had, I don't think they had interrupted year and they're playing at the high level as it is all the way through. Where for someone like me, um, I go from playing NAB League, which is where most people get drafted from, but I come all the way back and play at a small regional comp like NWFL. So it makes it a little bit hard, but yep. um, there's a lot of people in the same boat. Yep. Yeah, um, and so obviously the the next step for you now, um, you've made the decision you're going to go over to South Australia and, and play for Norwood. You said that you had a backup plan. Has that been in the pipeline for a while, or was it only something recently after the draft that you got to chatting with them? Um, well, it was probably halfway through the year. Me and Dad started talking about moving away and if that's something I wanted to do, um, which, yeah, it is something I want to do. Uh, it's going to be tough to move away from home but um, I'm there for footy so um, that's the main goal and you yeah, know footy that's your, your comfort zone isn't that's it? right yep yeah so I'm not actually too concerned about football at this stage um, it's more just getting comfortable with living and whatever else so yep. um, yeah yeah uh, we um, dad took a bit of control and um, 
Jade Rawlings asked Dad the question if I wanted to come over. Yep. Um, so he sort of kept a bit of an eye on you this year, didn't yeah, he? Yep. Yeah, and especially for him being a Devonport boy. Um, yeah, to see someone that's pretty passionate like he was, um, for him to be able to, especially with him moving at a young age too, yep. um, once we knew he was interested, he'd be a perfect person to learn off. And, yep. um, for football and living and moving away from home and stuff like that so yeah um, it probably couldn't have worked out much better yeah so why was it south australia that you decided to move to was it was it the northwest connection to jade that had a big part of it or was it that particular league do you know much about the club um, and the league or? yeah so the feedback i got and i've heard south um uh, sandford's the best comp outside of the afl yep um so yeah that was the main main comp i would have liked to have gone to um, and then on top of that, with Jade being quite interested um, in Norwood, um, it, yeah, it just seemed perfect for me to be able to go and give that a crack. So yeah. Excellent. And what are your expectations of when you go over there? Are you going to be playing senior footy or reserve footy? Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, obviously, senior football's where I'd like to be, but just because I'm going over there um, to play football, doesn't mean that I'm just going to be able to slide straight into the senior side. Yeah, I've still got to work for it. So, and I'm excited to do that. As I said um, before, just being at one club's exciting for me as well. So, yep. uh, to be able to just put my focus there, I'm pretty keen to get started. Yeah, awesome. And how's it going to look for you over there? Do you go and live with a host family, or have you got a job lined up over there? How does that all work for um, you? So Norwood's been massive for me. They've taking care of the job, the house. Yep. Um, so I'm living with two other guys that are playing at Norwood, which is which is huge just yep. because they're going through the exact same thing I'm going through. Yep. Are they interstaters or yeah. are they locals? so one's from North Lonnie. Yep. Um, and then there's another one from Victoria. So Excellent. they're both leaving their families, so we can all just kind of help each other out. So they're all good. new this year as well, yep. are they? Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Norwood's been massive. That'd are they young huge. young blokes? Are going to be a party house or? Um yeah yeah so <laughs> it could be interesting. Could be a challenge. Yeah. No, it will be right. Um and what sort of job have they got lined up for you? Um, what are you going to be doing? So at the moment it's just working at a sports store. Oh yeah, um, cool. So hopefully that's enough to just be able to pay rent and whatever else. But yeah, uh, if that doesn't work out, they've got a few backup options. So yeah, um yeah, I couldn't be happier with what they've done for me. That yep. that's been massive. Awesome. Um, mate, just a couple of quick ones to, to finish off. You know, it's, it's been a fantastic chat. I really appreciated your time. But what would you say has been the biggest challenge in your life so far and how did you overcome it? Probably, um, like, especially with me being so close to um, Devonport and stuff like that, moving away from them and, um, say, so even if that is through the Devils, North Lonnie, um and now moving away to South Australia, um, just being able to adapt. Um, I probably struggled with it pretty early on, but um, now it's kind of a bit normal for me to be able to move away from Devonport and what I'm comfortable with. Yep. Uh, I've been lucky enough that mum and dad and the rest of my family look after me really well, so I don't have to um, go out of my comfort zone too much. But um, being a part of the Devils and at North Lonnie, um, I had no one there to be able to... Um, do things for me so to be able to um, eventually take a little bit of ownership for myself that was probably something I 
needed to do and yeah i'm yep. lucky enough that um i'm quite comfortable with that now yeah so when you were playing for Northland, you wouldn't have had a license either would you no so who was driving you back and forth um, so i had mum dad doing it wow. pop as well i'm um, yep. so yeah i'm so grateful for what they could do for me yeah um, isn't it funny and then when you when you see that people do succeed in their sport or whatever chosen field you know you only hear about them but you don't realize it's a whole group family oh, event right. Sometimes it's just as big for the family when a young fella makes AFL because they know the sacrifices that they've made as yeah. well. And that's the same as um, like the coaches at the Devils, the players, everyone at Devonport. Like, they ask me questions about it all the time. I might go down to the club and I've got to answer the same question ten times, but um, as, as annoying as it can be, it just shows that they do care. Yep. And uh, I'm so grateful for everyone that's been able to help. Yep. Awesome. What's the best piece of advice you've got along the journey, mate? And who'd it come from? Oh, um, you hear a lot of different ones. Um, but no, it's probably just the one, that the basic one, train the way you play. Yep. Um, a lot of people say that, but there's no point just going to training and stuffing around when um, you're there, so you might as well get something out of it. Yep, excellent. Who, came, who did that come from? Who told you that? Oh. I reckon Dad would have probably told me. Every coach I've had's probably told me it's a yep. pretty, pretty normal one. But <laughs> no, that's something I take on board. Excellent. And so, for any other young aspiring footballers that are listening to this podcast, what's the one bit of advice that you'd give them if they do want to make it to the highest level? Like, what's the the key takeaway thing that you've learned along your journey? Um, just take every opportunity as it comes, um, and don't be scared to just go and have a crack. It's only Oh, it's only three or four years really when you've got a good understanding on um, if it's a possibility of happening so just give it everything you've got because otherwise you might regret it within a few years after that oh, if I worked a little bit harder um, it might have worked out for me so um, yeah just have a crack you know you don't have to do it for too long so yeah um, if you go hard for three or four years and then it doesn't work out then you can just enjoy your footy where if it does work out, then everything works for you. So awesome, that's good, mate. Yeah, certainly things are hopefully falling into place for you. And you know, like I say to a lot of the people that have come on the podcast that have achieved success, sometimes luck does play a little bit of a part. But I think you make your own luck through your attitude and, right. and the work that you put in, and you've certainly done that. And you know, I really appreciate your time. And I think that your story is fantastic. You know, even at such a young age that, um, you know, if you've got a goal that you're striving for, keep working towards it. And there's going to be setbacks along the way. Um, you know, there's probably a few times where you could have just cracked the shits and just said, oh, I'm just going to be a become a local footy legend and, you know, sit at the Alex Hotel and tell them how good a player I could have been and all that. But you're not going to do that. You're going to, you know, leave nothing in the tank. And obviously, if you if you don't get there you're still going to get to the highest point you possibly can through your efforts and, and things like that. But we only wish you all the best, mate. And no, thank you. Yeah, and we're really interested in, in following your journey. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. A huge thanks to Bainan for coming in so close to his move away, and I'm sure he's going to go on to dominate the SANFL and hopefully the AFL one day. For a young man, I think Bainan's attitude and focus is super impressive, and we've learned through a few of our guests it's never too early to make the commitment and sacrifices. If you've got a goal in mind, give it everything you've got to get there. I think it's also a great message that setbacks are not final. In many cases, they're just an opportunity to shift your focus, regroup and take a different path with the same goal in mind. We wish Bain and all the best in his career and look forward to bringing you more great chats on the podcast.